welcome to another episode of Dig Me Out. I am your host, Tim Minichi, and joining me, once again, Jay Ziek. Jay, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. What so we got we've tonight? got an interesting record to review this evening. Oh, really? Tell me more. Yeah, well, it might be our. It might be a disagreement record. It might be the one that breaks up the band. Oh boy. I don't know. We'll see. We're gonna review Zumpano. Look what the rookie did. This record and I have a history. This was the first record that I reviewed for the music department at WFAL in Bowling Green, and I did not like it. And I told my music director as such, and they said, to hell with you, we're playing singles <laughs> off of it anyways. Because you know nothing. Right. You're a, you're, you're a child, you're a neophyte. Thanks for spending your time reviewing this record. Yes. But we're going to play it anyway. Right. Um, had I known that this was the birth of what would become uh, a semi-important band of the modern era, I might have treated it with more respect, but mm. time travel abilities were not present at that time. So I'm going to give a little history, if you don't mind. Please. Zumpano was from Canada. This is our first Canuck band, if a you Canadian. will. Canadian. Canuck's not a derogatory term because they have a hockey team named the Canucks, right? I prefer Canadians. Canadians? Um, formed in Vancouver, BC in 92, signed to Sub Pop in 94, released this album in 95, released their second album in 96, and then broke up. The fact that this their... band was on Sub Pop blows my mind. They were one of the first non-grunge bands to get signed mm. to Sub Pop. Uh, vocalist and guitarist Carl Newman, after this band broke up, went on to form the New Pornographers, which were a quite successful, I guess, supergroup is the way to describe the New Pornographers. They have Dan Behar from Destroyer and uh, Nico Case and a whole bunch of important people. Um, <laughs> a whole bunch of Oh, does Obama and Abe Lincoln play in that band? Yeah, I believe they do. <laughs> Obama's on bass, Lincoln's on drums. Okay. Uh, I was wondering about that. He's a good drummer. He is. He's not slappy. He's not slappy nah. at all. He's very purposeful. Yep. The band was named after their drummer, actual drummer, Jason Zimpano. And that's about all the information I have or I'm willing to share at this moment. I'm going to give my... Um, review first because um, I'm going to keep it short. You trying to railroad like, me? I'm trying to railroad you. I'm trying to railroad you. I, I like a lot of this record. I think it's for a, a new band. Um, there is some really advanced stuff going on. The first song, which is the single, The Party Rages On, really melodic. It rocks. song that reminds me of the Kinks, reminds me of the early Who, Sloan um, for a contemporary or Matthew Sweet. It's just a really good pop rock song. Um, Definitely here to the Sloan on that Yes. Song. Because uh, they're Canadian. They're Canadian. Good point. 
there are a bunch of really cool, interesting, I would say, melodic pop songs. Um, Platinum is best served cold. Has sort of a reminded me of the Dubs that 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 like shuffle beat that the Dubs do. Um, I don't know. It's like a three-four time signature. It's got a really cool guitar lead on it. Track seven, "I Dig You," was the second single. They actually got to a second single on this record. Really, really good chorus on that one. It's a slide guitar. It's cool piano. The album starts to lose some steam in the second half when they go into what I would call the Chicago phase. And I don't mean the city. <laughs> I mean the band. Um, so, so lots of horns. Can I guess uh, that that turnaround happens uh, on the track Snowflakes and Heartaches? <laughs> yeah. Even, even wraparound shades with its electric piano and... Yeah wing beat just sort of uh i think they were trying to experiment and while i don't mind experimentation i didn't necessarily like the direction that they experimented in perhaps Um, these uh young fellows are trained trained jazz musicians and this is what happens when they start to experiment there's too much jazz yeah the rock just gets completely sucked out you know i'm not opposed to horns in rock music. I mean, obviously there are a lot of songs in the history of rock and roll that have properly used a horn. I'm not opposed to the harpsichord or the dulcimer or whatever is in well, track well, three. Well, let, let me run through uh, the list of, of, of instruments. This was one of my pet peeves now that you brought it up about this album. Literally, I think every album features a new instrument. So you start off with flute, then you move into harpsichord, then banjo, then trumpet, then not just piano, but a ragtime piano. <laughs> then a Rhodes. And then by the end, I think what happens is that they just start combining them all together for like the last three or four songs. So it's just like everybody just noodling. Like do 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 You're just like, oh my god. Like th- there's a definitely a focus on how to use those sort of I'll say for, for pop rock novelty instruments and, and tunes for the first half to three quarters of the album and then after that it's just like hey we got all these instruments laying around let's just jam there there is a bit of um, indulgence in the extra um, instrumentation track two oh that Atkinson girl is a really good song except there is a flute that Ron <laughs> Burgundy would be embarrassed by yeah it doesn't belong there. No. Otherwise, that song is really good. Yeah, it's a killer. Um, but uh, like, "Evil Black Magic" has a trumpet in it, but they just use it in the chorus, just for uh, there's like a vocal and then a break, and the and the trumpet comes in. It's not just playing over everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's orchestrated. They figured out a spot to use it. It carries a part of the song. They play off of it, and then it goes away. It's not tooting in your ear the entire song and twiddling away. Yeah, I, that's that's why I say, I, like, up until track seven, I dig you. I think everything works because it's restrained, and then they start to lose the restraint. I'm willing to overlook that. I think that there is a lot of good in those first seven songs. 
especially if you're a fan of what the new pornographers are doing, what the Shins are a band that I heard. If you want to go back to, you know, the 90s with a band like Sloan or back to the 60s and 70s with, you know, the Who, Big Star, the Zombies, the, er, the Mid-Beatles. There's, you know, an, al- an element of experimental pop that goes on that it works and it doesn't work. And I'd be interested to hear the second record because I, I, I've heard that the second record is sort of like the fan favorite. Um, so hopefully we'll get to that one. That one came out in 96. And I'd like to see if they refined the stuff that's a little jagged on this one. But overall, I would, you know, I'd say it's definitely worth checking out if you're into those into that style of music and into those bands. I don't know if you can say the same the same thing necessarily if you would recommend it or not no i mean i you know if you're into those bands this is definitely something you want to listen to because you know this is where it, it began and you can hear them trying to figure it out um does it stand up completely on its own from first track to, to the end no um is it my style not really there are some moments where you know i don't always have to hear like heavy guitars to be into what's going on but there's some moments, especially early on, that, that I was intrigued by, but unfortunately it didn't pay off as the album continued. So I understand why it, it's, uh, it's significant in terms of where it falls and, and what came out of it. I'm not a complete idiot. <laughs> Nobody's just a, claiming that I'm you just are, a par- I'm just a partial idiot. Yeah. Well, I think we can give this a, what we say, a tepid... Um, endorsement. You have to be into those bands. If you're not into those bands... you got to be into those bands. I don't... I, I, mean, I think anybody can enjoy the first song on the record. I think The Party Rages On is just a really good pop rock song. Okay. And you I can download the first song. Download the first song if you can find it. Not the get other Get it off 12. iTunes. Well, you can't get it on iTunes. Yeah. This, wherever you can find it. This recording that you um, <clears throat> ripped from the CD that you clearly purchased, or wherever it came from, it almost sounds like uh, it was dubbed off a tape or something. Like there's some pops and some missing. It might be a case set. Like clips in here, clips and stuff. Like it doesn't sound like a, a completely pure, like rip from a CD or something. I'm not gonna lie. Not everything we review, I have the original CD of. <gasps> some of these are so impossible to find. You have to you have to utilize other methods. I'm telling Gene Simmons. Yeah. And Lars Ulrich. There are going to be some pissed off um, Zumpano lawyers when they hear that information. All right, well, I think I think we've about covered all for this record. Um, if you're into the bands we mentioned, this is worth checking out. Hopefully, we'll get to the next record sometime in the future. Uh, I want to thank my co-host once again, uh, Jay, for joining me, and for everybody out there. For joining us on another episode of Dig Me Out. Visit the Dig Me Out podcast at digmeoutpodcast.blogspot.com. Join our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter at Dig Me Out Podcast. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs>